Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What is up, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Oh, my goodness. I'm having a fantastic one. Weather's good. Springtime is hitting. It's nice to be in Colorado. Listen, I got to tell you something before we start the broadcast. Uh, we run a 501c3. We run a nonprofit. That's what Rebel Parenting is. So if you want to just straight donate to Rebel, that would be awesome. Also, we're trying to let you just purchase products you normally would, and by doing so, that helps Rebel Parenting. We get sponsors for the podcast. If we get enough of them, everything we do is for free. And we have a brand new sponsor. Honestly, here's the truth. You're going to love them. I wasn't skeptical about them, so it's called Trinova. Trinova products, you can find on Amazon, search Trinova, and I'm using their all-purpose cleaner and their natural dish soap. Uh, Both of these are plant-based, safe around kids, safe around pets, and when they sent it to me, my first thought was, I mean, it's all-purpose cleaner. How good could it be, right? Like, it's not like I haven't used an all-purpose cleaner for a million years. I'm surprised. Like, I... I'm shocked. It is so good. And here's like, there's a big deal with this. It's called, it's white tea and thyme scent, which I don't know if you're like me, but I can't stand that over chemically smell of most cleaners that just that pungent, it hits you in the nose, you feel it in your sinuses. And the more you use it, the more you feel like I shouldn't be using this that much. This should be off my hands. This is disgusting. It's it's going to eat away at something in me. This stuff, all natural, plant-based, safe around kids and pets, and it works so well. I was a little skeptical because I'm like, plant-based, safe around kids and animals? Like, I need like something strong to clean up my kitchen. Like, you know me. You follow me on Instagram. You see the sous vide. You see the grease splatter. Like, I mess up some kitchens. This cleaner works so well. I can't wait for you to find them. Amazon.com slash Trinova. If in the checkout you use the code word REBELPOD, R-E-B-E-L-P-O-D, you get 20% off everything they sell. Sweet deal, and by doing so, you're also helping Rebel Parenting, and we appreciate that, definitely. Great show today. Trisha Rhodes is on the podcast. Our technology has greatly improved much of our lives, and in the process, our brains are being rewired on a daily basis, and our capacity to be centered in our souls and to be present for our family is at risk. Brain scientists are aware of this unprecedented change, but the solutions aren't found in science. They are found in the ancient practices of our faith. Trisha McCary Rhodes reintroduces us to the classic disciplines of scripture reading, meditation, prayer, and contemplation, not just as technologies to aid our faith, but as tools to keep us focused and mindful in an increasingly disorienting digital age. You are going to love this podcast. So without any further ado, here is Trisha McCary Rhodes and the Atomic Mom on this edition of Rebel Parenting. All right, Rebels, we are live with Trisha Rhodes. And actually, your first program we did a little while ago, it airs tomorrow. So it'll be tomorrow. If you go back, you can see the live video. But tomorrow, it airs on the podcast. Subscribe to podcast on iTunes. And we're talking about the soul at rest. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on the broadcast today. We appreciate it. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. It's funny. 
We're going to talk about is technology hindering your spirituality and how we're rushing through things. And I'm feeling rushed right now. Like I'm just trying to rush through things, but (sighs) yeah, take a few deep breaths. Should I lead you in a practice here? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Go for it. You know, honestly, I'd love to jump in just to say it's interesting. I was a little bit, I would say skeptical, but more cynical when I was first reading this because every age of technology people have come in and most often people of faith have come in to say, Oh, this is terrible. And it's going to, you know, you know, when the telegraph came in, uh, there was all these things about how we're not going to go next door and talk to neighbors. And then the phone and Walkman's, you know, I remember churches just railed against the Walkman and kids are disengaging and video games are terrible and the internet is bad. And, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting. We were talking before the broadcast started, we have come to a point where, Instant gratification is everywhere. If you want food, you don't even have to go out and get it anymore. Postmates or right. Grubhub or Uber Eats. There's so many apps that will bring, they'll bring 7-Eleven or McDonald's to your door. You can't get to a 7-Eleven or a McDonald's anymore. Like who wants 30 minute old McDonald's anyway? But Amazon yeah. Prime has two day delivery. But if you're in one of the hub cities, they have Amazon Prime in one hour exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And then when you start rushing through things, we forget that we're just burning through things. It's almost like we've got things on a checklist. Like I read the Bible and I did the meditation. I did, you know, it's like all the, instead of really taking that breath and stopping our lives for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I am pro-technology. I want to say that from the start because I just am. I love all the convenience and I use everything I can. And I think, you know, we're headed for even bigger questions with virtual reality and artificial intelligence. Those are down the road. I didn't hardly write about those because they're not in our face as much, but I love it. I think it's all the more reason we need to stop and say, okay, how do we make it our servant Mm. instead of it being our taskmaster? Yeah. Instead of it ruling our lives, how do we rule it so that it serves us? Mm -hmm. You know what? I agree. I didn't even think of this beforehand. I wear a Timex watch now. It's digital, but I wear a Timex. I have an Apple watch and I cannot wear it anymore. And it's exactly what you said. It became my taskmaster. It was every five minutes that dumb thing buzzed on my, I couldn't turn (laughs) enough notifications off. It was constantly going, look at me, look at me. You've got a text and check out the weather. And there's a thing on Instagram and someone commented on your post. And it got to where I started getting like heavy anxiety I was yeah. trying I was never stopped trying to close my circles. It was always some other goal the watch had for me that mm. day. I can't even wear it anymore. I don't wear it ever yeah. anymore. <laughs> like I tried it for a week and was I, I broke my other watch. I put my Apple Watch on for a week and instantly hated it. I hated every second of it. And that's yeah. why it wasn't my slave. It wasn't doing anything for me. Right. I was constantly beholden to my watch all yes, day long. For sure. Yes. Mm. So that's our goal, especially in our spiritual lives, is to say, okay, technology can be a servant to me, but I don't want it to become an idol. I don't want it to become the central focus of my life. And so how do I use it? And that's the same question, you know, and I will I'll say right off the bat too, 
technology is not new. You're right. Every time something new has come in, and my generation can tend to say things about, I'm older for those who can't see me, (laughs) my generation talks about technology in a disparaging way, and I always ask, well, how often do you watch TV? Yeah. Because TV is one of the primary instruments of technology that's robbing us today. And so we all have to deal with it. We all have to figure it out. It's just that we have a whole lot more to deal with than we've ever had to deal with before. So, you know, I love, I downloaded your, um, your digital detox, which instantly made me anxious. Like, oh no, like day one, (laughs) you know, stop texting. And then day two, you know, social media, day three, uh, you know, there's the different things. Where does someone, you know, how do they start looking at their life to see whether or not it's encroaching in on their lives? Are they, you know, becoming the master to the tech instead of the tech being their, you know, their slave in a way or or doing things for them? Well, I would say, first of all, and I'd be interested to know if you agree, but I would say, first of all, most of us should probably assume it's not serving us. (laughs) Most of, you know, when, when I wrote Wired Soul, A few years ago, I asked in the beginning, I have this list of things. Do you ever, and it's like, get lost on the internet when you just went to check on one thing or start a book and realize you can't even focus. I asked, do you ever? And I realized as soon as that book came out that I shouldn't have said, do you ever? I should have said, think about all the times you, because Mm. all of us do those things all the time. So we are all in a place I would say that there may be exceptions, but I have to work on this all the time. And I'm a person who really pursues, you know, quietness and solitude and silence. And yet I have to work on keeping technology and all of its wonderful conveniences from becoming a taskmaster in my life. Yeah, we just did the study in my mom's group. But what's the first thing that you do in the morning? And almost 90% of the moms rose their hand and said, is they, they go, yeah, they go straight to their phone and yeah. and they check their phone, they check their Instagram feed, they check their whatever, and they're not going even to scripture first right. on their phone. They're just going to all their social media or all their texts that they, or their email account. And yeah. I just thought that was uh, pretty, pretty amazing that out of a group of 45 women all under the age of 50, that that's, yeah. that's what's the first thing they're doing first thing in the morning. Yeah. And, and I, as you know, from when we talked before, I really want to keep from putting guilt and legalism on people. But what I would say is the reality is the science is, and I get into this is it, it's, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a lot of choice about that. We are addicted now because we have to use our phones for everything. Yeah. It used to be you could use your phone or not use your phone. Right. I don't even have a landline. Most of us don't. We have to have our phone right there. So again, okay, how can I keep it from becoming that addiction? And then we can make, you know, we can take some steps. But I don't think anybody should feel bad if they're like driven to do that. But yeah. then what are you going to do about it? Because right. we're all driven. Yeah. That, right. I hear like you. you with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your, your watch. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. Something you were saying earlier that I like, it's not guilt and it's not shame, but it is okay to notice those things and then to ask yourself that question. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's the first thing I do in the morning. Is it the last thing I do before I go to yeah. bed? Am I? Do I feel anxious if I'm away from my phone? If I drive away from the house without my phone, 
you know, do yeah. I have this unnatural fear? Like, well, what if something happens and I don't know it? I realized it recently. I was telling Laura, I try to meditate every day and I've gone for a season where I haven't. It's been a few months and I've gotten out of it and I got a new app in meditation and I was shocked at how hard 10-minute medi- guided meditation, it's not even silent meditation, yeah. it's 10-minute guided meditation. I'm listening to Sam Harris waking up. It's a fantastic app. I love it so much. And I was getting so restless. And it was like, wow, I have completely gotten out of practice. I have totally forgot yeah. how to just sit still. I'm ADD, but I forgot how to sit still for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got to, and I've got to do it every day or yeah. it really, uh, you know. Yeah, you lose the muscle. You lose the muscle of being able to be slow, yeah. right. of being able to listen, you know, where your yeah. kids are talking to you and you're like, okay, get to the point. What are you saying? Yes, a story, fan- butterflies, whatever, you know, tell me the points yeah. to it. It's like, ooh, these are my children. I got to listen to you yeah. more. Yeah. 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 And, the and you know, the simple science of it is, this is kind of what I talk about in the book to help understand is that your brain has these billions of neurons and they communicate with each other through these neural pathways And the more you do of any one thing, the deeper those pathways and the more that defines how you live your life. Mm. And so what the Internet and technology, you know, our devices, I'll just say our devices because they all do the same thing. Yeah, they are designed to uh, lay down neural pathways that keep us in perpetual motion and that keep us skimming and staying on the surface of things. And distraction. They're designed to distract us. And of course, there's people who are behind all that, who are making a lot of money off of that. But that's the reality of the internet. And Mm. so you already, because you, I work on my computer, I don't have any choice. I'm already in that place again, where my brain has been, has these neural pathways that are telling me, skim, don't go deep get to the next thing, be what's up next. And so then you're right. When you sit down and try to do these things that are so critical for our spiritual well-being, we find ourselves just Mm -hmm. unable Mm -hmm. to do them. That's so fascinating. Uh, I'm a speaker and an author. And when I go out and speak, it's been very interesting over the years. I mean, I started doing this when I was 21. So well over half my life ago at over the years, how when you go speak places, the time they want you to speak has dropped down lower and lower and lower yeah. and lower. And I finally call people when I and I talk to them and I go, listen, I don't know what you're used to. I don't know what kind of speakers you normally have in, but 20 minutes isn't enough. Like it's not right. worth my time or your yeah. money for 20 minutes. I can't get a story out in 20 minutes. I'm not going to reach your audience in 20 minutes. If you've got terrible speakers, by all means, shorten their time yeah. down. <laughs> but if you look at some of the most popular movies of the last decade, they're really, really long. Lord of the Rings, you know, all those yeah. different ones are are multi-hour long movies. It's quality that you're looking for. And that's the interesting thing about the algorithms around Instagram and YouTube uh, and some of the vines and the different memes that are out there. They're designed to shorten it down to keep you going to the next thing. It really is. This is one of those things Mm. that you've got to realize when you're watching TV, 
the people producing commercials do not have your best interest at heart. They only have <laughs> one thing, you buying their product. Yeah. They've got psychologists yeah. and focus groups designing commercials specifically to create needs in you so that you'll buy those products. The same thing with the people behind Instagram and YouTube. They want you watching those more often so that you're looking those ad buys. So you're seeing those things that make them more money and they're designing it to keep you interested, to keep it so short that it's like, ooh, that was fascinating. What's the next fascinating thing? What's the next Mm. thing? What's And you've got to stop yourself from falling into the trap that's been designed to trap you in it. Yeah, and the internet and our devices, actually, it's far worse than television because they have access to our behavior. And so we get in, one author called it, and I just like this, we live in this echo chamber because we're getting fed back based on the things we already do. So we only know this little world. I really believe that has a whole lot to do Mm. with the polarization in our world today is that we all live in these echo chambers because the internet is just feeding us. And so they're watching what we like and they're giving us that and we're just constantly being drawn away by it all. And again, and I know we'll get to some solutions and I don't want to just present the problem, but that's what we have to be aware of. So what are some of the solutions, though, to get to get through those pathways? Can we in our brain, can we re-transform and change them? Rewire it. Rewire it. Yes. That's the beauty of the brain is it has this property called plasticity Mm. and you can change your brain, but it takes some real work. So if you think about all the hours you're on your device and all the hours those neural pathways are being, you know, laid, then you have to think, okay, what are the, what are the kinds of things I want my brain to be able to do? What do I want to be able to live? And then how can I go about that? So I give a lot of exercises in the Wired Soul to help you begin to do that. And of course, our last conversation where we talk about, you know, the soul at rest, that's what mm-hmm. the whole, that's the answer to this. Yeah. Um, this still presents the problem a lot, but it does offer some solutions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go through those. You've got um, the four that we've got here on memorizing scripture, meditation, prayer, and contemplation. Let's jump into yeah. the first. That's an interesting one. When I was young, we memorize scripture all the time. I can remember before yeah. cell phones, I knew every one of my friends' phone numbers. I knew it by heart. Yeah. I knew my parents' number. I knew their work number. Uh, yeah. I knew all my friends' numbers. You you know, you right. memorized. I remember I was married to Laura, and I was thinking, do I know your phone number? Like, what is your number? And I was like, whoa, this is my wife. Like, yeah. yes, we got married quickly, and... Well, you just got a new phone number and, and they asked me for it when I was in the I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, you know what? He just got a new phone number. I have no idea what it is. It would take me a while for me to yeah. quote my own phone number right now because I've only had it. Yeah. Well, I've had it you since. You changed it. Well, we haven't had it that long. November or December last year. <laughs> Yikes. How terrible. <laughs> yeah, I got it before we went to California. Oh, yeah. Well, last. Okay. I've had it since December. Ago. So it's it's been three months I've had my phone number. I would have a very yeah. hard time giving it right this minute. I'm not going to. I don't yeah. want people to know it, but yeah. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. I, I mem- We memorized scripture. We did sword drills in, in church yes. and, you know, all yeah. those different things. So as an adult, is it a good practice to memorize scripture? I believe it is. And I think for for the science, for the brain is it does exercise the brain in ways that nothing else does. Hmm. Memory work. And you're right. We used to have to do a lot more memory work in a lot of areas. And so 
what I teach in the book is memorizing portions, not ver- because the problem with verses, which I have no, yeah, that's great, but we lose them. So if we memorize, I really believe we can memorize whole sections and whole chapters. And, and I've begun to do that. So I tell in the book a very simple way to do it. And it's a lot of repetition, but it gives you some things to do in that quiet when you're trying to say, okay, I'm trying to retrain my neural pathways here. So I don't have to go here, go there, look at this, read that. I'm going to memorize scripture. Mm -hmm. And I give you a real simple way to do that in the book. Can you talk about that just for a moment? One of those simple ways on memorizing scripture. I think some of the people listening are like, well, I want to try it. I want to try that again. Okay. So what you do is, is you start, like I try to do whole books and I've done several books actually. And I've memorized whole books. Now I want to say right off, I couldn't tell them to you now because our brain can only hold so much. So, but I know the content and when I, you know, right now I can tell you, you know, what I'm memorizing now, which is I'm re- memorizing Romans 8 right now, because mm. that book, that chapter, because I just needed it really bad. But anyway, you you read a verse and you read it 10 times. Then you say it and then you say it again and then you put it away till the next day and you try to say it 10 times. Mm. Uh, you might have to look back and then you add another one. And it's kind of each day you're repeating each one 10 times, but it's really about repetition. Now, for me, I use what I've memorized as I'm going to sleep at night. If I wake up at night and I can't sleep, I try to say them again. Mm. I practice Mm. them when I'm driving in the car. So it it also gives me something to do with my mind that ministers to my soul. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's a pretty simple, I kind of lay it out, but it's really pretty simple. It's just a lot of repetition. Yeah. One of my friends, Joe White, he's the president of Canicut Camps in Missouri, uh, has memorized multiple books of the Bible. And I watched him do a chapel one day where he just walked out and quoted, I think he quoted Romans. Oh my goodness. start to finish. And I remember in the beginning, it was like, what are you quoting? Like, are you talking? Are you, because he didn't say, hey, I'm going to come out here and quote Romans today. He just came out and started doing it and it took everybody there a little while to realize what he was doing and when you realize it was like oh people started pulling their bibles out and going through and being like he's doing the whole thing it's the whole thing right here it was fascinating i was was thinking that is amazing and here's what's true i know you'll know this to be true the more you do it the better you become at it that's right yeah that's right in the beginning it's going to seem so hard that's the other one too i feel like because you know, I've been listening to scientists that talk about augmented reality, and they're saying that without even knowing it, smartphones have created augmented reality because you know more than you know because you carry it with you. You know That's complex right. mathematical equations because your phone can do it. You can just ask it. You don't even yeah. have to be able to type it in anymore. You can just hold a button down, ask a question, and then it gives you the answer back. Yeah. Uh, And so it's augmented our reality. So you've gotten worse and worse at those things. But the more you pray, and and that's therefore, when you try something new and you don't get it right away, there's this instant frustration, this learning curve that's so sharp. You're like, oh, I'm never going to get this. I'm not going to do it anymore. And it's like, listen, slow it down. Yeah. This is not a competition. You're not getting a grade in this. You're an adult. You don't have to tell anybody how terrible you are at memorization. Just slowly do it. And then over time, look back and be like, no way, I did 10 verses. Like, I've got 12 verses in a row. Like, 
That's a big yeah. deal. And I think when yeah. you're doing that, they come back to you in situations. Yeah, for sure. Yes, hmm. absolutely. That's why I did Roman, you know, that's why I decided just to pick Romans 8 because I just needed the truths in there. Yes. But yeah, and I think for people just to, I'm so agree with you, Ryan, we just need to relax about the performance side of it because it doesn't commend us to God. It doesn't make us holy. It doesn't make us righteous. It doesn't make us better Christians. Honestly, I'm saying all it does is open up space to receive more of what God has to give us. Yeah. And it's just a way. And all of the tools I offer, they're just ways to open space for God to come in. Yeah. So uh, I just love scripture. I just absolutely love scripture. And to be able to memorize it is, you know, is fun for me. Oh, it's great. So do you do meditation too on the Romans 8? I was just wondering, like a quick question. So is that part of the process? Is the meditation connected with the memorization? Yeah, I think it just goes hand in hand in glove because as you're, you know, if I'm driving down the road even and I'm reciting it, I'll get stuck on a little phrase and then I'll just stay there with it yeah. and meditate on it. And so I think memorizing really gives you a platform to meditate in all different ways, different times, like I said, at night. And so, but I don't plan it that way. I don't plan to say, oh, I'm going to memorize Romans 8 and meditate on okay. Romans 8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not how I plan it. It just, you know. It's a fruit of it that just happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Definitely. Happens. You know, one of the things I'm looking over, our producer just pointed at it, Crossway Books just came out with these scripture journals and I can't thank them enough for sending it to me. It is a huge, where's the camera? It's a huge, it's this wide. It's gigantic. And it's every book of the Bible in a separate journal. And on the left-hand side, it's scripture. And on the right-hand side, it's a blank lined page. And it's designed for you to read and then take notes in whatever it is that you're reading. And I looked at it. Instantly became overwhelmed and started thinking, who could I gift this to that would really appreciate it? And I woke up and I was like, you know what? You're just skirting your duty, not duty, but I think opportunity to read through the Bible. And then the first thing I thought after that was, I know, but I'm on this year through the Bible plan. And Laura was telling me, our friend Graham Cook, he's a pastor and he's so great. He was like, why do people try to read the Bible in one year? Like it took thousands of years to write. What are you rushing through it? And I was like, you know, yeah. I need to slow down with this. I need to, yeah. to read through Genesis and in each page just be like, what am I thinking? And maybe there's nothing I think that day. You know, Numbers and Leviticus I'm going to have a rough time with. But there are so <laughs> many things in there that years from now, I remember my dad had this Bible that he would write notes in the side. Yeah. And a yeah. decade later, he'd be reading something and be like, oh, that's when you were two I was reading yeah. this and I wrote this down and he would tell me and it would be like I was 12 at the time be like 10 years ago you were reading the same thing yeah and I, I thought this thing about you and you were doing this thing and I wrote it down in the notes and I think it'll yeah. be neat to go back over time and to look at those notes and be like oh yeah I thought that thing that's that neat is, that's amazing yeah. the growth in there I don't know if I would have you know a journal that big but I do journal um, and I journal what God is saying to me in meditation. And I think, again, meditation, whatever it is, if it's on scripture or something else, you you come to it because you're coming to encounter God. And so you might encounter him in three words out of a verse or three verses out of a page. You're not going to 
uh, say, I've got to get this whole page down, but you you read and I, t- I kind of teach how to do this. You you pause and you wait and you say, spirit, what are you saying? What do you want to capture my attention with here? Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, we just have to train ourselves in that quietness. And I would say, especially Ryan, I can relate. I'm not ADD, but I relate to it. Uh, I if 10 minutes of quiet, not to get through something, you know, not to get to the end of that chapter, but 10 minutes to go as far as the Holy Spirit takes you. Mm-hmm. He could stop you on in the beginning. You could meditate on in the beginning, yeah. those three words, yeah. and God's spirit would speak something to your soul and it would set your trajectory for the day. Oh yeah, sure, I totally sure. agree. That's That reminds me, I had a pastor, Mike Erie, when I was um, going to Rock Harbor. He's not the pastor there anymore. Uh, I remember one Sunday he announced he was going to do an eight-week, two-month series on John 3.16. And I honestly remember thinking, where am I going to go for the next seven weeks? Like, I could take yeah. a week of John 3.16, but my man, eight weeks on John 3.16? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. I look back on that and think how foolish I was. One, this is my pastor who studied this for years and years. This is his full-time job. And yeah. two, I would have missed out on so many things. I use that sermon series almost every time I preach the gospel a day. I yep. still remember. This has been, it's before I met Lord. It's been 15 years ago. He preached that. I use it all the time. Eight weeks on one verse. That's it amazing. was shocking the things I learned from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me I, of it's I'm getting ready for Lent. So I'm thinking mm. of this a lot. I started that process of meditating on Jesus final hours one year, many years ago, and I was going to do it the month before Easter. Mm-hmm. And I did what I just said, where I just say, spirit, what do you have for me? And I would only take the words the spirit gave me. And it ended up taking over a year. And I ended up and so I ended up writing a book on how you can do this, contemplating the cross. But the, the very first words were, as was his custom, he went to the Mount of Olives and I just got stuck on as was his custom mm. and suddenly realized that Jesus went to the Mount of Olives by himself on lots of nights because yeah. I'd never seen those words as was his custom and it just sent me anyway. That was kind of the way the whole journey went. And it so radically changed my life. And how do you add prayer into your scripture and meditation memorization? Yeah. How do you add prayer into those? Well, first, tell me what you are referring to when you say prayer. Well, I would refer to, say, if I'm praying for my children or if I'm praying for my marriage, um, yeah. more not like I'm praying scripture, but right. praying for right. others. So for me, there's an integration because a lot of times as I'm praying through the word and praying through what God's doing in my own heart, somebody comes to mind, mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody's situation. And I just right then bring it to the Lord. I don't, you know, I don't have to, we're just having a conversation. Yeah. So if someone comes to my mind, I go, oh, by the way, so-and-so is really struggling with this. I just want to lay that before you right now. Mm. But often at the end of my time with the Lord in the mornings, I kind of have that, what's going on in my world and what do I need to pray for? And I often bring things that I haven't already brought there. Okay. And, then, um, and then I try to have prayer throughout the day whenever somebody comes to mind. I just try to be in that ongoing conversation with the Lord. 
with the Lord. That's awesome. Wow. That's kind of how I feel like my prayer life goes is just if someone comes yeah. to my mind, I just start praying for them or I'll shoot them a yeah. text or be like, hey, you're yeah. on my heart. I'm thinking of yeah. you, things of that nature. Mm. But I That's don't great. connect it so much to scripture all the time unless God yeah, gives don't. me a word in in, the, yeah. in a different context. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Lauren and I were talking recently it reminded me when you said, as was his custom, he's going to the Mount of Olives on a regular basis. And for months, we have this wilderness area right outside of our, our office, um, which is in our house. And I would go almost every day. I would get my coffee and I was uh, listening to one of the books we were going to review and talk about on the air. And I would listen to a chapter and I'd walk up in the hills and I just got so much joy out of it. It was so much fun. Yeah. And we went to California and we had some crazy stuff happen and Laura had surgery and we came back home and I felt like I was so behind work and our studio is gorgeous. There's also not one window in the studio. It is a soundproof room. You know, it used to be our garage. It's got concrete floors. It looks really neat behind us. Everything else is a little utilitarian in here. I hadn't left our house to be outside on purpose in almost a month. And then it was like, no wonder I'm depressed. I've not seen the sunshine on purpose just to see the sun. And that's the interesting thing about this book and about the practices is you have to make it a practice. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you have to make it a priority. Graham Cook was telling us that. I was like, you know, he's like, I just have appointments with the Lord. And I'm like, I get it, man. I know that you say that, but you also have TV shows you're doing and radio broadcasts you're doing, things that are scheduled that you have to have on time. And essentially his answer to me was, I'm so scheduled that I have ample free time to wander with the Lord and ask him where we should go today. Mm. I make sure everything is regimented and organized and done so that I've got these big chunks of time where I could just say, Hey Lord, where do you want to go today? And I was like, Oh, I'm being, so what you're saying is I'm being lazy with my time. And he's like, I didn't say that. I didn't say you were lazy. I'm like, you did too. (laughs) Well, I I will say you, you have children. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, that's a different season than Graham Crook is in, I will say, because I think he's right around my age. But that doesn't change the essence of what you're saying, which is that we do, because of the way our brains operate, we do have to establish the discipline. Now, mm. I am actually doing some research, a major research project on why people don't get that time in solitude yeah. with God to really just get to know him. And I'm, I'll tell you, my primary hypothesis is, first and foremost, people don't understand what it is that God's offering us. Mm. And we think it's about being, and, and I've talked about this, doing the right thing, getting the right habits, being good Christians, being good servants of the Lord, mm. being devoted. It's not. It's about receiving. Mm. It's all about receiving the life of God. So I, that's my first thing is I, I think I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I start every day. I pray every morning and I start that time saying, okay, here I am, Lord. I am here because I desperately need you. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to bring. I don't have anything to accomplish. I just need you. And that's how we start the thing. So that's my first. And then my second hypothesis, which goes along with Wired Soul, is that People don't do the discipline long enough 
to experience the power of it, they give up too soon because mm. it's too hard. And so that's where the discipline part comes in. We have to do it long enough to begin to, uh, those neural pathways change and we begin to, because I can tell you, I don't ever have to make myself spend time in prayer ever in the mornings because I have neural pathways that tell me that's what you do. Yes. You've been doing that for years. You have to get up and do that just like I have to eat. It's no big thing for me that I do that. My neural pathways got laid that that way over years of practice. Mm, I love what you said. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And (laughs) we do that with everything. We do it with diets. We do it with, I mean, healthy eating habits. We do it with working out, with meditation, with, you know, yoga, with stretching, with all those different types of things. And I think one of the reasons is because we've got an instant gratification society. It's like, but it's not happening fast enough. It's like, well, some of these things take time. Mm. And yeah, you know, I used to do the thing called the bike ride for the family. I did a charity ride. We do 250 miles over a weekend. And people trained and trained and trained. And I used to give a little talk in the beginning. I said, you know, we could have chosen a path that was mostly downhill or flat. And you'd see some nice scenery and you'd have some great conversations. But at the end of these three days, you wouldn't really have accomplished anything. This is going to be hard. You're going to be sore. And at the end of this, you're going to look back and think, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I just did. I can't believe I rode that far. It was so hard. And you will feel pride in a job well done. And don't wait. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Take pride when the miracle does happen. You can be like, no way I waited. I waited and the miracle did happen. Yeah, and it will, the miracle will be that your heart will begin to long for that time and you'll want it. It won't, you won't have to discipline your, you'll still have to discipline, but you won't have to make yourself because you'll think, oh, I got to have it. I just have to have it. You know, when I go on a trip or something and I end up not getting that time with the Lord, I, by the next day, I'm, you know, I can't wait because I need it so much, but that's because I, it took time to get to that place. So awesome. Thank you, oh, Trisha, Trisha, thank you so much. It was us. fantastic. What a great yeah. talk awesome. and a great reminder of spending that time with the Lord. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Bless you guys. Thank you, Trisha. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We appreciate you. Man, have a great week. Unplug. Do a little meditation. Have some mindful practices. Be present for your family. And we love you. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.